Welcome to the Make Better Photos and Videos podcast. I am Russ. And I am Gordon. And what have you got for us this Well, my thanks go out to listener Bob, who wanted to know if watermarks were still an effective tool to protect your work. Well, that's an interesting question. I don't use watermarks myself, and I don't recall ever seeing anything of the tiny number of images that you have ever shared. However, I do see that a lot of people, including people in our camera club, use uh, watermarks all the time. It is a good question, and I think it's relevant to any photographer who posts his or her work anywhere on the web or who enters any of the myriad photo contests out there that provide no guarantee of protection or somewhere in the fine print that no one actually reads say that by entering you grant the contest runner the rights to your images. You sound a bit paranoid here. But I think I am going to commit a blasphemy now. To whom among the people that you and I know, as photographers, or maybe let's just call them photography enthusiasts, should this discussion be addressed? I understand the concept of intellectual property, and if you happen to be in the group who have just cracked the Enigma code, or figured out a way to circumvent the nuclear launch code, yeah, you'd better find a way to protect it. Or even if you're the one who waded through ice-cold water up to your chest two hours before sunrise to photograph a loon feeding its young, well, you might want to do that. I guess what I'm saying is there is a spectrum of capability to whom this is relevant. But we don't want to leave the impression that this is something that is applicable to all. Like I said, blasphemy, but in your experience, who should be concerned? Perhaps, as you suggest, I am paranoid. But I'm wondering about your statement about blasphemy. Is it blasphemy or is it more apostasy? Oh, well, I, I don't know. Two good words I... <laughs> for this episode. But sure. I have been at this a long time. And I know that if there is an opportunity for work to be stolen, some ne'er-do-well will steal it. So I think your question is, does everybody need to worry about this? And my answer is, actually, I don't think you're committing blasphemy. I think it's a fair question because I don't know that every work piece of work needs this kind of effort. All right. So I bow in petulant supplication. Oh, man, that's for this episode. <laughs> wow! <laughs> but let's get back to the issue of watermarks and as a tool to prevent intellectual property theft. According to my limited research, a watermark is a visible means to identify the creator of a piece of artwork. It could be a painted signature, it could be a written signature, a personal icon, something carved into a statue, but whatever means is used to indicate the creator and uh, the owner of the intellectual property. Well, precisely correct. Basically, how this whole process works 
intellectual property being tied to copyright is in this country, Canada, and in the United States and in most Western countries, in the act of creation, the establishment of the ownership of intellectual property in copyright is automatic. There's no registration required. Now, work that's done for compensation may require the transfer of licensing rights and maybe even ownership of copyright, but it does not transfer, nor can it require transfer, what legal experts will call moral copyright unless it's specifically granted. That's a moral copyright is a much longer and far less exciting story. Uh, we can refer you to books on that subject, or better still, read your government publications <laughs> and have a good nap. Works of that type will probably not display a watermark unless the work was created with the watermark intact, in the example of a painting, a statue, and the buyer accepts that at the time of sale or license. Huh? Did you ever play a lawyer on TV or something? No, but I have played a business person crossing the street carrying a briefcase, and I've played a medical professional, but only as extras on old Canadian television, neither of which have anything to do with watermarks. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so the watermark is a public declaration of ownership of copyright and of intellectual property. That's fairly simple to me. So why is Bob asking this question? I think it's because Bob's a very bright fellow. He knows that most anyone these days could use smart cloning, patching, or healing functions in a tool like Photoshop to remove a visible watermark, particularly if it's small and down in a corner, which is where most of them are. His specific question, though, brought up the topic of software that is specifically designed and written for the express purpose of removing watermarks. Hey, well, hang on now, because that changes the essence of the dis this uh, discussion. If this software exists, isn't or shouldn't it be illegal to start with, since its sole purpose is to encourage the theft of intellectual property? The software performs a function, but someone has to choose to use it on a particular piece of intellectual property. So the software makers get around is that they say the theft was by the user who just used their software. And sadly, that's what a court's going to uphold because you tend to side with the offender, not the victim a lot of the time. That most of the software that does this is developed in parts of the world that don't recognize copyright or intellectual property is I'm sure it's just purely a coincidence. Well, if you believe that, uh, well, there's some land I've got. It might be of use. That is definitely an opportunity to secure a parcel completely surrounded by water. <laughs> Three feet under water. Six months of the year. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I mean, I look at it this way. Once is happenstance, twice is circumstance. Three times is enemy action. The people who make this software, they're well past 3,000. Oh, yeah. Okay, so you're saying that watermarks are, in fact, useless. What I'm saying is that watermarks, as the protectors of intellectual property, are useless. Although I should be clear that I mean visible watermarks. 
It's like putting copyright information in the metadata. From a protection perspective, there's no value whatsoever. Anyone can change metadata. However, this does not mean that a creator who wishes to sign his or her work should not do so in whatever manner pleases that creator, so long as they understand it serves no protective value because it's so easily negated. So you're saying use a visible watermark if you wish, but know that it will not protect your work against theft. But you keep coming back to the term visible watermark. Are there other kinds, and more to the point, what else can be done to protect the work? Well, the short answer is, as you've already alluded to, is I don't post anything of quality online. Stealing a low-res image doesn't create a lot of value. I've heard people say, well, you know, the website has download blockers. They're pretty useless. They're just scripts, and every operating system on the planet has a screen grab function built right in, and now they're not even downloading the image. They're just grabbing the screen. However, if the image is small and of low resolution, it's not going to be usable for much. Okay, so anyone can do that, I suppose. What sort of settings would you recommend? Well, as you well know, I'm no master of social media. <laughs> okay. Quietly spits on floor. <laughs> but I do know that Facebook and Instagram do have preferred upload settings and that they actually prefer smaller images. That's a very good thing. My guidance is, let's start with the export resolution. Export for screen at 72 dots per inch. It looks fine on, gen on a generic screen, but it looks like kitty litter when it's printed. Thirdly, never post high res, only ever post JPEGs, and when you create them, do so at a low quality level. I would propose no more than 60% quality. Decent enough for screen, terrible for a print. The more work you make for a thief, the lower the probability that you're going to be that thief's victim. The other thing to do is look where the ownership of the company you're posting to is. The United States is a signatory of the Berne Convention on Copyright, as is Canada and the United Kingdom. However, most communist and socialist countries do not recognize intellectual property or copyright at all. There was, once a company, renowned for being a great place to share photos. Then it was sold to a Chinese company. What people didn't realize is that sale negated any protections of intellectual property that had been promised by the original owners. And China doesn't recognize copyright. So every person who has posted an image there has lost their intellectual property rights to that image. Okay, but that won't work for photo contests. What do you recommend there? Look, I don't see art as a competition ever. I find competitions to be utter BS, and I'm an accredited photographic competition judge. But people still enter contests, and that's absolutely their business and their choice. My guidance is never enter a contest where the fine print of the contest rules, you know, the stuff no one reads, transfers your copyright, your intellectual property, or grants the contest operator unlimited use of your image for any purpose without your prior consent. In a concrete example, that's how a high school portrait of a young man 
entered in a contest, ended up on a box of condoms in another part of the world. However, it's your work, your choice, but do read the rules of the contest. So all the organizations that hold contests, do they actually post the copyright legalese? Or even if one does read it, and I am skeptical that many do, and you do the above suggestions as you enter the contest, you have to submit high-resolution images of great quality for the contest. And surely these are perfect steals. So what then? Well, you're correct that there are a large number of contests where the prizes are minuscule and the contest runner basically gets access to all kinds of really good images that they will then resell or post a stock photography under their name. And the intern loses it all. I don't enter contests, but I do commercial work. And every single piece goes through a routine that's called during Lightroom or Capture One Export in Photoshop. And what that routine does is run an action that applies an invisible digital watermark. So a watermark that cannot, cannot be seen and is embedded in the image? Well, what good is, is that? I use the services of a company called Digimark. What their software does is create and embed a digital watermark. That digital watermark can be read by readers of such things, and there are services on the web, Digimark's own, another one called TinEye, that will scan the web for images with your watermark, your digital invisible watermark. I have personal experience to know that it works. I've found images that I produced for a client that ended up on sites completely unrelated to the client. And if I choose to, I can initiate a takedown notice because I have prior proof of copyright and intellectual property. This is pretty efficient, and it doesn't require you to go through the Sturm und Drang of registering your images in Canada with the Canadian Copyright Office or doing bulk registrations in the case of the United States. Every country's got different means of registering the copyright that is automatically yours. However, if you choose to protect your images with an invisible watermark, you've got basically prior proof of ownership. All of this sounds like a lot of work. And you're right, it is a lot of work. But if you do care about your intellectual property and your copyright, which, as I said, is automatic when you squeeze the shutter, it's the best option out there. Of course, the other option is never post anything anywhere, and for a lot of folks, that's just not going to work. Okay, so now I'm not sure if I'm depressed or better informed. And unfortunately, it takes me back to my blasphemy. It appears that if one is in the group with something of value to protect, it behoves you to take the precautions you have outlined. Using a visible watermark is not one of those things. Recourse, once the theft has occurred, would appear to be ineffective and probably costly. And the bad guys have already circumvented the guilt. And I am now definitely better informed and more depressed. 
and never so happy to be absolutely and completely mediocre. Thank you for listening. I am Gordon. And I am Ross. Disagree that your work <laughs> is mediocre, but that's your choice. Listeners, if you do shop at B&H Photo Video, please do so through the link on our site. It costs you nothing, and it does support the channel. Until next time, peace.